violence becomes more powerful than justice, and fear becomes more powerful than hope, and all the means have changed, and the hero will emerge. Ladies and gentlemen, what's good, y'all? It's Chris Gary doing a special interview for the We Are Rising podcast and Focus Fights. And joining me at this time is the unstoppable force, just got signed to MLW Major League Wrestling, and he's going to be blazing a trail for himself this weekend, as far as I'm concerned, over the course of the next four nights at the Game Changer Wrestling Collective shows on For the Culture. He'll be facing off against John Davis of the Dark City Fight Club. And on the Blood Sports show, he'll be facing off against Alexander James. This is Calvin Tankman. How are you doing, sir? I'm good, man. Blessed to be on here. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Understand, man. Understand. Now, before I get off into, you know, how you came into this, I mean, how you came into professional wrestling. I'm just wondering, how you got your start in athletics? I mean, how did Calvin Tankman grow into being a Division One football player that wants to get into professional wrestling? Um, so, actually, it was kind of the other way around. Mm-hmm. So, like, wrestling was the first love. My older cousin showed it to me. He, was, he used to come babysit me, and he was, like, 15, 16, 17. And he, after then, he would still come over every week and show me wrestling and so the first thing I wanted to be was a wrestler mm-hmm. and then my uh, family physician uh, he was he ran the youth football league and obviously him taking care of me since I was a baby he knew how big I was mm. and he was like no like wrestling is cool but the chances of you being a wrestler are really slim you should play football mm. and so like he ended up actually getting me in the league a year earlier than I was supposed to because I was bigger than half the kids anyway. So, uh, really, my football career started when I was seven years old, I believe, mm-hmm. playing tackle ball. Yeah, I um, And then I, I grew up really, like, uh, everything like that was on my TV was either, uh, like, ESPN, football games, basketball games, or, like, wrestling, like, something sports-related. Mm-hmm. Um and so, like, I became uh, obsessed as I got to, like, college and high school. And uh, in high school, that was, like, especially, like, once I got past my sophomore year, that's when I really started, like, wanting to go to the next level with uh, uh, football. And so uh started working really hard on that in high school. I also did, uh, growing up, I played a lot of basketball and uh did some uh, uh, amateur wrestling through middle school and into high school, uh, but I didn't. I focused on wrestling once I got or football once I got to high school, um, and then uh, towards the end of senior year. So basically, if there are children listening at home, you listen with your parents or whatever, what have you. Moral of the story is that I'm about to tell you is that get your grades under control. Uh, 
basically, like, I was just skirting by and doing what I needed to do to be eligible to play in high school uh, and thinking my, my grades were okay because they didn't give us, like, your accumulative GPA over the four years. They would just give you, like, whatever it was over that, like, uh, grading period. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I had no clue. And then my senior year happened, and uh, I was a couple points away from uh, being eligible for the NCAA, but I would have had to have uh, straight A's. So uh, I ended up getting a B, (laughs) didn't get to play, uh, and then I was going to go to a junior college uh, uh, for a semester and get my grades up and then transfer because I'd had uh, talks with, like, IU and uh, Indiana State. They'd taken me down on some recruiting trips, and I'd gotten some letters about possibly, like, going down and being a preferred walk-on for, like, Mizzou at one point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once uh, I got close to the senior year and they saw my grades, all of that kind of, like, went down the drain. Um, and then uh, I found out I was going to be a dad two months into uh, my freshman year of college, and I dropped out and got a job and started working. Played semi-pro for a year after that, thinking about trying to uh, uh, play uh, Canadian League because there was always Canadian League scouts, and they'd run a tryout in Indy every year. Uh, so I was thinking about doing that. Uh, decided against it, met a friend, and at work, we were both wrestling fans, and uh, we bounced around the idea kind of as a joke of being wrestlers, but I was, like, kind of serious about it because it was something I always wanted to do. So, like, you know, and then uh, he one day was like, you know what, let's do it. Uh, as soon as he said that, I was right on board, and we were Googling uh, the closest training schools and figuring all that stuff out. So uh, after that, it was just kind of, like, full speed towards wrestling. I see, I see. And you know what it does kind of, I mean, it kind of sucks that you didn't get a chance to realize your football dreams because obviously life can get in the way. I mean, I had, I mean, I got two brothers who basically gone through the same shit. I mean, still, yeah. it just basically shows like, that, you know, thinking. I mean, it just basically shows that if you can't get your work up in the classroom, or on the gridiron, or on the hardwood for basketball, you know, there's something for you. I mean, it's like you don't lose, you live and you learn, so to speak. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and really it was probably, I'd say, a blessing in disguise because, like, like I said, uh, wrestling was like the first love. So mm-hmm. uh, I don't, it's not like I feel like I'm out on a dream or anything. Like, I'm content with not having the football career, like, I, I still have something that I, like, loved before football, so it, it's still, everything that's happened is definitely still a dream come true. Indeed, it is. Now, as far as how you got into professional wrestling, you know, coming from wanting to get involved with professional football and seeing those dreams dash away, what was that like, and who got you into everything? Um, I actually trained, uh, at a place in Indianapolis, a small place. Um, and, uh, we, I was doing that for a while there and, um, just wrestling there. And then, um, a guy by the name of, uh, Trip Cassidy, um, saw me at a show and pretty much came up to me and said, what are you doing? Like, he's like, do you want to do this seriously? 
and I did I didn't know him at that point, so I was like, like what do you mean? And he's like, Do you do you want to make something out of this or are you just playing a wrestler? And uh I, I was still kinda like didn't understand what he meant because at that point I was maybe six months into the business, you know what I mean? I was still really new and didn't quite know what I was doing. And he said, You are bigger than 90% of the people you're going to see on the Indies. He's like, and you move just as well as one of the little guys. He was like, you need to invest in yourself, get better gear and come with me on the road. So I can, so you can be seen and get opportunities. And this is the hard work that you have to do. And he really kind of took me to the side and taught me like uh, the type of work that was needed to get my name out, the travel that was needed, uh, the training that was needed, you know what I mean? And uh, really, like, took me on my first uh, road trips. Uh, and, like, that was really where the first time that I got out of my local scene and saw, like, the stars that you were seeing online, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, the first show, I walked in uh, in Virginia, and the first two people I saw were... Uh, uh, Dijak, which is Dijakovic now, and uh, Sanjay Dutt. And I was a huge Sanjay Dutt fan when I was a kid. Like TNA, what is that, 05, 06, around there. Uh, Even shortly before, like, uh, I started watching Impact, like, when they were on, like, the Fox Sports, like, local channels. You know what I mean? When they just had that little hour slot in the afternoon. So, like, seeing him, and I was just like, well, like, you know what I mean? And then being around those people and seeing how they conduct business and the differences really, like, helps you, helps put it into perspective. Okay, but, like, I may be considered a wrestler because I finished training school, but this is what it's like to be a professional. This is how a professional carries themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that was really, like, my beginnings. And then uh, for the next couple years, uh well, I started at IWA Mid-South after that and uh, doing that for, I mean, little to no money, which I'm not complaining. That that That's what I expected because when you were new in the business, you kind of got to like, you, you have to pay your dues. Like if nobody knows, if you're not wrestling, no one knows who you are. And so if no one knows who you are, you're not selling any tickets. So if you're not selling any tickets, where's the promoter going to get the money to pay you? You know what I mean? So like when you're you're really you're really starting out, you've got to really love the business to get your foot in the door. Um, and then the uh, do not just love the business, but actually <laughs> have respect for it. Exactly. And so that's one thing that I'm definitely glad. Oh, uh, I don't want to forget uh, before, as I was talking about uh, uh, trip before uh, before him was uh, TJ Kemp who was a local guy in the Indiana scene, an OVW trained guy. And he was the first person to take me from like learning, like just knowing how to take a bump and do some moves to like actually learning the psychology and the pacing and how to tell a story and to really, uh, really help me take me to that next level so that I was ready to go on the road with someone else and to learn. So exactly, exactly. Now, as far as, you know, how your career has come forward, 
I mean, obviously, you faced off against some names that, you know, you probably don't want to remember and some names you don't want to forget. But, you know, when it comes to, ah, what am I trying to say? You won your first title, I think, like, what, two years in the business, if I'm not mistaken? The IWA Mid-South title? Uh, that wasn't my, necessarily my first title, but it was my first, like, major title for a company that people would know, yes. Mm-hmm, I see. But as far as, you know, as far as that experience, you know, you gotten your name off, I mean, you basically put yourself over in IWA Mid-South, you have competed all over the Midwest, I mean, who basically... What am I trying to ask? You basically got the opportunity to compete in Game Changer Wrestling the first time out. I think it was last summer, if I'm not mistaken. You know, who... It was this summer. The, uh, uh, the world on GCW. The uh, the first indie show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the world on GCW Part 2 in the at the Celebration Plaza Amphitheater in Indianapolis. And that was... I think three months after you won the Bizarro Lucha Luchaversal title, which you still have, you know, how did it feel wrestling on that platform and wrestling not just in that type of environment, but, you know, even though it's still COVID season, it's still COVID hell pretty much for everybody else, you know, how did it feel getting that exposure for a promotion like Game Changer Wrestling? Uh, it felt good. Um, it was one of those things that, like, there was more that went into me getting that debut than just them knowing who I was. Um, they were, like I was saying before, going and paying your dues. There's a lot of companies that, like, like, uh, another one, like AIW, for instance, uh, I went down there and helped set up their ring and tear it down and stayed with their trainees even after... I've been wrestling for a couple of years simply because I wanted that opportunity. So, uh, GCW's over in New Jersey a lot of times where they're traveling a lot of places. So I couldn't always do that. Um, and then, uh, last year, uh, they did, uh, the Nick Gage Invitational in Chicago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, me and one of my buddies rode up with, uh, Mance Warner. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I was there every round cleaning up glass. I stayed after cleaning up all the glass off the ground and tore the ring all the way down. And so, uh, uh, that's one of those things where it's like, that's where, when you, when you stay, when you're not asked to, that's where a lot of people see that you want it. And so, uh, I remember, uh, um, after that, uh, trying to get to as many shows as I could to try and help. And it was like, really difficult to do that so uh getting the call uh and then well actually after um helping set up or help tear down an ngi i remember uh brett lauderdale shook my hand and thanked me um and uh said he wouldn't forget it so it was one of those things where when i finally got the opportunity uh i was definitely ready for it because i was a promotion that i definitely wanted to work for and i at least not as much as I wanted to, but I'd still put in some work for it. So it felt like, uh, it felt, uh, felt really good. And so like the whole COVID thing, um, with that happening before, uh, was it risky going out during COVID? Yes. Uh, but was it worth it to me? Yes. Because I knew 
the type of uh, I know what GCW is to the independent scene, and I know if I can go and I can hang there and I can make a name for myself there, that there's no place in the Indies that I can't make a name for myself. So uh, I was definitely excited to finally get that opportunity to show what I could do on a bigger stage. Exactly, and when it comes down to you know getting that opportunity, I did mention again you fought and competed against some competitors that. You probably want to remember you competed against the filthy Tom Lawlers of the world, the Chris Dickinsons, the notorious 187 homicides of the world. But obviously, winning the Black Label Pro title, defeating Everett Stevens, and then losing the belt immediately after to Jake something, you know, that must have been a nice little feeling. That must have been a nice little rush to win a title and to have it take it away from you just like that. But how did you feel going into the, going into that weekend back in August? Um, going into the Black Label show? Yeah. Um, I was excited because uh, not only was that a show that I wanted to be on, but it was my debut. Um, so um, that was another show that um, – I had went to and helped set up. I remember one of their first handful of shows. Uh, I was there and helped tear down, helped tear down. And there were shows was free and I didn't have a booking. I was up there still doing seminars and helping tear down. Uh, so uh, that was another one that was really, really exciting for me uh, to finally get that opportunity. Um, and then not only get that opportunity, but to have uh, Eric Stevens' request to have a match against me uh, was something that I definitely wasn't wasn't going to go in there and squander. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can understand that. But when it came down to, you know, losing that title to Jake something, obviously, I mean, obviously you might have felt hurt about that, but do you hope that, you know, even though you competed against him as recently as this past weekend, do you hope that one day you'll, you know, get another opportunity, I mean, get another opportunity similar to that or do you hope that you know somehow some way you'll get that opportunity against jake something again uh it's funny that you say that uh i actually plan on it because uh at the collective at the black label pro show threat level noon uh i'm in a fatal four-way for uh the number one contendership to try and get my title shot back and get my belt back. Uh, it's, I believe it's me, uh, Ethan Page, uh, Alex Zane, and I can't remember who the other competitor is off the top of my head right now. Uh, but, I mean, top competitors, some of the best you're going to find in the world. Uh, but, you know, um, 350 pounds and can move like a cat. And not only that, but I'm determined. And I hit you in the mouth with the force of a Mack truck. So uh, nothing that I'm, I never walk into it, never walk into a match intimidated. I'll say that. Understood. And, you know, speaking of, you know, not being intimidated, that's not going to be the only match you're going to be wrestling this upcoming weekend because you got two other matches set to take place over the weekend. You're going to be facing off against John Davis at that For the Culture show, which is going to take place this Friday, I think, 
October the ninth yeah. at midnight Eastern. So, yeah. Yeah. Yes, sir. So here's the thing. Uh, the the bad part about that is, uh, as of last night, uh, John Davis had tweaked his knee and isn't going to be able to perform. So now I have to change who my opponent is again, but it's another uh, top talent, top heavyweight, O'Shea Edwards. Oh. So uh, that's definitely one that, I, that I'm looking forward to. It, it And uh, I definitely don't take him any lighter than I do John Davis. So uh, if you want to see two monsters of men that love to run their mouth uh, fight, then you're in for a treat. Hmm. So basically what we're going to see is a little... <laughs> Late night house battle, so to speak. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And obviously, blood sport Sunday. Alexander James. I know you competed under UWFI rules a couple of times so far, not just this year, but in your career. But considering the fact that you're going to be facing off for the first time with no ropes, no turnbuckles to jump off of, no really leverages to even think about holding on to how do you think it's going to feel you know basically trying to out grapple him out wrestle Alexander James and you know try and get the knockout or the submission uh, I think I'll surprise a lot of people uh, the few matches that people have seen my math skills they've been pleasantly surprised uh, because a lot of people like I said don't know I have a wrestling background um, and I've also done some MMA training in my life. So uh, definitely not something that I'm necessarily completely brand new to. Uh, never, um, I'm not to the point of some of these other guys that have uh, multiple fights or have uh, trained at higher levels. But I'm, uh, I'd like to say that I'm no slouch, especially with my size. Uh, so, uh, it'll be, fun. it'll be a fun challenge. I'm definitely excited for Bloodsport since the beginning, uh, has been something that I've looked at and thought it was different and new and wanted to be a part of. So, uh, when I got asked to be a part of that, I was definitely super excited. Mm, and you know what? It's going to be pretty exciting because of the fact that, you know, a lot of people, I mean, obviously, they're going to get a chance to see you in MLW. They hope to get the chance to see you compete in MLW when they restart things. But, you know, for a lot of people, this weekend, in these three matches that we just talked about, it's going to be their first time even getting a chance to see you. What do you hope to accomplish out of that? Uh... The same thing I always set out to accomplish, and that's to prove uh, that I'm one of the best. And if, like, and that's not, like, I said this in an interview uh, yesterday. That's not me, like, trying to be cocky that I, I think that everyone's beneath me. That's not the case. It's the case of if you're in a ring and you don't think you're the best, then why are you there? So uh, I never step into a ring uh, not thinking that I'm better than the man uh, I'm going up against because, like I said, if you do, if you don't think you are, then you've already been beaten. So um, I just want to open more eyes and show what I can. Oh, my apologies. Go ahead. Oh, no, no, you're fine. I mean, basically what Uh, I was trying to say is more confidence than cockiness. Exactly. And I feel like that, that with me growing up as an athlete, you, you have to 
have that that uh, that confidence. So uh, I'm going into this, and actually, there's more than three. I believe there is five oh, matches this weekend. Wow. But I'm there with. There's a lot of. Uh, there's been a lot of. I guess you'd want to say, for lack of a better word, hype uh, around me here recently within this couple months. Um, and there's still a lot of people that haven't seen what I can do. And so, uh, I'm looking forward to getting the opportunity with something as big as the collective that has so many different things and so many different eyes watching it, uh, to really show what I can do and, uh, show what I can do against top talent because nobody at the collective is a slouch. I see. I see. And, you know, talking about one of the shows that you're going to be on again for the culture, you know, there was a show that was happening, I think, earlier this summer, similar to the For the Culture show, Black Wrestlers Matter, up in Des Moines. And it's kind of crazy to me that, you know, a lot of these people, a lot of these promoters don't really give black wrestlers the time of day, mostly because of the fact that they think, you know, they're problematic and all that shit. But as far as the whole Black Wrestlers Matter movement goes and for the culture, you know, when people think about that now, obviously when it comes down to the Black Lives Matter movement, you know, they think we problematic, but what do you hope that people will hope to gain out of the out of the experience of watching an event like For the Culture? Uh, I think not just opening uh, new eyes to new talent, but to show that I, okay, so growing up in an area uh, where I was definitely the minority being a black kid, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of people that don't understand that that uh, uh, black people have different interests than what uh, is expected of them or what is portrayed through like TV or whatever else. Like to show people that yeah, there are black wrestlers and they're really, really fucking good. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it's not something that there's just a few of a, a few weird uh, black people that like things that other black people don't like. Like no, like wrestling is literally for everyone and there are different people of all different races who are great at what they do and until we stop putting the box on people and actually give people the platform we'll never know how great they are so uh really i hope that like i hope that a show like for the culture does the same thing as me seeing a guy like ruckus on the indies or seeing a guy like mvp or see a guy like shelton benjamin that looks like me that is exceptionally talented at what they do that makes me look at myself and say why can't i do that why can't I be just like him? Why can't I be great like him? He did it. You know what I mean? That's that's one of the big things that like uh, I've noticed since I've started chasing this crazy wrestling dream is that people uh, people don't think it's possible until they see someone in their situation or their area or something do the same thing, and then they realize it's possible. So there are going to be a select few that, that still would chase that dream, but if they can see someone that looks like them or, or someone that acts like them or someone that uh, they relate to in that way, I hope that it motivates someone to one day be able to live their dreams the same way that we are. 
Exactly, exactly. And one more question I would like to ask. I mean, I know that you basically said about, you know, if you weren't a wrestler, you would have been obviously in professional football. That would have just, I mean, that disqualifies me from asking, you know, what would you basically be doing if you weren't doing professional wrestling? But as far as... There's other stuff, too. I mean, I can understand that. (laughs) But as far as, you know, what would you be doing if you weren't an athlete? You know, what would you basically be doing as a plan B if you weren't given the opportunity to be in athletics, if you weren't given the opportunity to, you know, travel up and down the road doing professional wrestling? Uh, what I went to college for, which was, uh, broadcasting, like TV and radio. Uh, like I said, I've always been close to sports. Mm-hmm. So if I couldn't participate in it, I would want to cover it and be a part of like ESPN or have my own sports talk radio or something of that nature. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, this is a start. I mean, <laughs> to be honest, somebody like me, I normally call into sports talk radio shows all the time. And I've been doing that for the last 10 years. <laughs> you know, just doing this is an easy way to, you know, get your foot in the door. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, come to think of it, I wouldn't mind. I mean, if you were to ever do a podcast, I wouldn't mind being, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't mind being a part of it. I'm not trying to kiss your ass or anything. I'm just saying I wouldn't mind. <laughs> Getting the word out about you. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, if I decide, I've just been really busy recently. So uh, I know that that takes a lot of work. And if I were going to do something like that, I wouldn't want it to be sporadic. You know what I mean? Like every week or every two weeks or whenever. But right now, I'm so busy. I don't know if I'd have time to produce and edit and do all that other stuff. Well, hey, maybe it would be best for you to do it as a bi-monthly or quarterly thing, so to speak. <laughs> well, maybe, you might be on something. I see, I see. But In uh, six, uh-huh. six months or year, you see me with a podcast, I'll, I'll give you a shout-out. Okay, okay <laughs> cool. But other than that, about to go ahead on and go. You have any social media shout-outs to give out? you like to... I mean, would you like to actually put over yourself in the five matches that you're going to be in this weekend? Uh, definitely. So, uh, now I have to remember them all. <laughs> I have, uh, For the Culture versus O'Shea Edwards. I have the Fatal 4-Way at Black Label Pro. Um, I have, uh, Bloodsport mm-hmm. against Alexander James. Uh-huh. Uh, I also have, uh, Paradigm Pro Wrestling's, uh, Trap Soul. Um, and that is an eight-man scramble match. Uh, that's the last show of the weekend, so you, all you guys know, if you, if you don't want to miss it, uh, hashtag call off Monday if you got to. Um, and then, oh, uh, me versus Cole Radrick on the uh, Jimmy Lloyd's Degeneration F show, and then there's one that I can't really talk about, and or maybe or may not be happening, so. Understood, understood. All they need to know, all the fans need to know is that they want to check out all those matches. They can order the 
collective bundle from Game Changer Wrestling on Fight TV and the Fight TV app. It's $139 or $140 in fight credits, or it's just a good $15 to $20 per show. You won't, you won't, yeah. oh, damn it, what am I trying to say? You won't be dissatisfied about it. All you have to do is check out Game Changer Wrestling on social media or follow them on Twitter at GC Wrestling underscore. And as far as your social media handles, what are they? Uh, at Calvin Tateman for Twitter and uh, Instagram, and I believe it's Facebook.com slash Calvin Tateman 1. Also, uh, we're going to be doing the restart with MLW here soon. Uh, you can catch us uh, in, I believe, they're talking about in November, uh, airing the new episode that we're going to be taping soon at an undisclosed location. Uh, now, let me make sure I can get these, this TV times right. Uh, I believe it is uh, Wednesday nights on uh, Fubo Sports. Um, and then uh, they believe it's at 8 o'clock, and then they do a replay at 10. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Saturday at, uh, I believe it is 10 p.m., they are running it on BN Sports also. So you can catch us three times a week. Uh, you don't want to miss it. You never know what I'm going to be doing. Whose head, whose head's getting cracked? There's plenty of people that I want to have matches with, uh, from Jacob Fatu to Alexander Hammerstone to uh, L.A. Park to just anyone really. So, uh, and uh, the roster's bigger than ever. So, uh, maybe even some that haven't been announced yet. So you'll never see, you'll never know uh, who you'll see when you tune in. Just be ready. Mm-hmm. And as far as their social media handles are concerned. You can check them out on all forms of social media at MLW and especially check out their YouTube channel where they will also show episodes every Saturday, 6.05 p.m. Eastern, 3.05 p.m. Pacific. But other than that, Calvin, I know you got to go. Thanks for taking the time out to talk to me. I really appreciate it, you know, this opportunity. And I hope that you kick ass this weekend, man. Hell yeah. Thank you, man. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to come on here. Uh, talk about myself a little bit and put over the things that I'm doing now. Uh, without people like you helping get the word out, uh, we wouldn't be, uh, well, the Indies wouldn't be in a position that they are right now, so thank you. Mm-hmm. I mean, to be honest, we all for the culture, so to speak. <laughs> Hell yeah. Other than that, thanks, I mean, thanks for the time to talk. Can't wait to catch you this weekend and, you know, with the if the opportunity does come, I hope to get a chance to, you know, talk to you more often. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Talk to you later, Mr. Tankman. All right. See ya. Peace.